Go rebuild my church, which as you can see, is falling into ruins. These are the words spoken to St. Francis of Assisi from an image of Christ on the crucifix at San Damiano in 1205 AD. These same words inspired Peter Doan, the host of the program you're about to hear. Peter challenges all of us to rebuild, not the brick and mortars of our church buildings, but our personal faith and relationships that will rebuild and strengthen the church. Now here's today's program. Hi, I'm Peter Doan. And I'm Leslie Doan. You're listening to the radio broadcast, Go Rebuild My Church. In this broadcast, we explore ways to put into practice the words spoken to St. Francis of Assisi by our Lord Jesus and how this theme is relevant as we seek to bring renewal to the church today. Our passion for renewal was ignited when we came home to the Catholic Church 14 years ago, and that's when we heard the call to rebuild and joined efforts with many other renewal movements within the church. Now you can learn more about our journey home and our lay apostolate dedicated to renewal in the Catholic Church by visiting our website at www.catholicdiscipleshipministries.org. Our prayer is through the ministry of this radio program and our lay apostolate, we can provide pathways for you to join the rebuilding process and experience renewal. We want to welcome listeners joining us for the first time. In our broadcast, we look at the sacred scripture, excerpts from the catechism, the lives of the saints, and the teaching of the church as we seek to challenge individuals, families, and local parishes to rebuild and renew the Catholic faith here in America. Well, today we will conclude our series, Rebuilding a Missional Church. It's been a great series, Peter. Yes, it has. We're going to be talking about how the Lord is calling us to join Him as we move from maintenance to mission in the church and be giving, giving some practical solutions today. Yes. In this series, we've certainly covered a lot of ground, Leslie. We began by providing the backdrop of the deep decline of the Catholic Church in Italy, which is similar to what's been happening in the American church. Then in our series, we shared what we believe is a prophetic pronouncement that was given by Father Joseph Raxner in 1969 in a radio broadcast on German radio. Father Ratzinger described the Church of Tomorrow, saying it will go through a deep pruning and lose much, but in the end will find her true identity. This is what he said. From today's crises, the Church of Tomorrow will emerge. A church that has lost much, she will become small and will have to start afresh, more or less from the beginning, and she will no longer be able to inhabit many of the edifices she built in her prosperity. Very interesting, Leslie. Well, this reminds me of the church, the early church at the beginning, and this is the church that we see in Acts of the Apostles, with a church with great power and a more spiritual church and definitely a simplified church. That's where we want to be. Right. Now, we have previously said that the rebuilding of a missional church begins not primarily with events, programs, or guest speakers, however good they all might be. It begins when individuals, including clergy, Consecrated religious and the laity encounter Jesus Christ based on, based on these patterns that we see, first of all, in the Blessed Mother and her fiat, St. Peter's confession at Caesarea Philippi, and St. Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus. 
Well, this was pretty much a spiritual map, Peter, that we gave on rebuilding a missional church. And if we follow this map, it does all start with our yes, like Mary's. And then after that, our bold confession, just like Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. All of us need to come to that. Yes. And then, of course, St. Paul's conversion. That leads us to that personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. And after that, we can develop our story, which come, becomes the foundation for our testimony so that we can be going on mission. Amen. So we've been learning a lot these past couple of weeks from St. Paul and what it means to go on mission. Following in the footsteps of St. Paul on a recent pilgrimage to Greece and to Turkey has certainly ignited Leslie's and my vision to move from maintenance to mission. As we journeyed through the cities of St. Paul's second and third missionary journey, we discovered some things, and that is five key insights into what we are calling a missional mindset of St. Paul and his team. And we believe we must recapture this apostle's mindset if indeed the church in the West is going to move from maintenance to mission. Everywhere Paul traveled, he found the open door to share the gospel and told his personal story of encounter with Jesus Christ. Well, we've been pretty excited about this missional mindset and really, really have embraced this. But not only did we learn about St. Paul's missionary journeys and his mindset, but we also saw when we visited Mary's house in Ephesus and we reflected on her life that she too carried a missional mindset. And we learned last couple sessions that she's called the star of the new evangelization for our listeners that didn't know that. Because uh-huh. she leads the way for each of us and the church toward a deep personal encounter with Jesus Christ. Her yes, called the fiat, is also our personal call to say yes to Jesus. And this becomes a starting point for the missional church. Yes, it all begins there, Leslie. Well, Peter, since we are so excited about these five key insets, let's highlight those five dynamics just quickly before we move into the rest of our segment and those things that create that missional mindset for us. Yeah, so first we saw that St. Paul was committed to GO, capital G, capital O. We've talked about the fact that for more than 20 years, he made three missionary journeys. Some believe there was even a fourth if indeed he made it to Spain. He traveled over 10,000 miles through Israel, Syria, Turkey, and Greece. If we are to be a missional church and people, we need to be willing to leave our comfort zones also and enter into that field of labor that the Lord has prepared, I believe, for each one of us. Well, secondly... St. Paul responded to a call for help. He received a night vision. He heard someone say, calling for Macedonia, calling for help. And the Greek in the New Testament shows that this was a 911 call for help. And we learned how this cry for help led Paul and Silas into Europe, where they first encountered Lydia at the river, and she became the first convert of Europe. A cry for help can help become a guidance system for us too if we're looking for the place the lord wants us to serve in our personal missions and most those most in need of our help are within our own networks aren't they yes listen we can even say a little prayer to jesus lord who is making a cry for help that i can reach the third element of saint paul's missionary mindset is that we too need to discover that he was bold and not ashamed to confront the ungodly pagan culture of that day 
St. Paul did not shy away from calling out the pagan culture for what it was, telling his listeners who truly the Lord was and who the invisible God was. Yes, we must follow in these footsteps as well. Fourth, the main message St. Paul preached everywhere he went is summed up by the Greek word kerygma. The gospel that Paul preached was about Jesus Christ specifically his death and resurrection and the good news that we can be saved through what he has done. So sometimes we think we have to have a degree in theology. No, we just need to preach Christ crucified. And then the fifth and final dynamic, Leslie, that we've talked about is a missional mindset. We must have a target group. St. Paul, when he went to Athens, first of all, went to the synagogue. Secondly, he went into the marketplace where the everyday citizens were conducting business. And then finally, Paul preached to the philosophers of that day. He set the tone in that regard, and it encourages us to pray about who God is sending us to. Okay, that was a great recap, Peter. And so listeners, please stay with us now. We're going to take a short break. And when we return in our next two sessions, we're going to complete our series on rebuilding a missional church. You're listening to Go Rebuild My Church. This program is underwritten in part by Willie and Deborah Wood in memory of their parents, Woody and Joyce Wood, and Bill and Elsie Brooks. Catholic Radio Indy thanks the Wood family for their support. At Catholic Radio, we love to hear from you. Call us anytime. Just recently, we found this message on our voicemail. I'm a non-Catholic that listens to your Catholic radio station, and I just want to thank you guys. I listen to uh, Catholic Answers and Al Cresta sometimes, and I think her name's Teresa Tommy. I listen to her and uh, another show or two. I appreciate it. Call us at 317-870-8400 and let us know what you're thinking. I just called to say, even though I'm not a Catholic, I listen to your station. You're listening to Catholic Radio Indy, converting the culture to Christ through radio, featuring 100% Catholic programming 24-7. Do your friends a favor. Tell them about Catholic Radio Indy. Welcome back to our radio program, Go Rebuild My Church, and today we're completing our series of broadcasts, Rebuilding a Missional Church, and we've been discussing how Peter and I discovered what we're calling a missional mindset. And we learned this about Paul as we followed in his footsteps on a recent pilgrimage to Greece and Turkey. Well, as we complete this series, Rebuilding a Missional Church, Peter and I know we always like to be solutions-oriented. So Mm -hmm. how can the church make this important transition moving from mission maintenance to mission right leslie so yes we want to be as leslie said solutions oriented and not just be vision give a vision but to see that god also throughout his history has given us practical steps to be a missional church there's a clear solution to practically moving from maintenance to mission and rebuilding a missional church that solution must start leslie with spiritual leadership And let's begin to explore that solution by reading in sacred scripture where this is very clearly laid out in Ephesians 4, 8 through 16. In these scriptures, as we were preparing, I was thinking, I've been meditating in these scriptures for decades in these Ephesians 4 scriptures. I've like gotten into the Greek language and just exactly trying to pull out what uh, the Lord is saying through St. Paul. So let's go through this and reflect on it a little bit. Therefore, it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. 
He gave gifts to his people. And when it says he ascended, what does it mean but that also he descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. He himself granted that there are some, and now he lists, Leslie, these five gift ministries, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up. Please note that because we're going to go back to that. There we find that word building, for building up the body of Christ until all of us come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by the craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up. I love that phrase, Leslie. We must grow up in every way into him who's the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, finally, joined and knit together by every ligament, by which it is equipped as a part of working properly, promotes the body's growth, and here's that word building again, building itself up in love. Okay, Peter, well, what does this scripture mean, or what did Paul mean when he talked about these gifts? Well, I think there's a few important things to help us to understand what we're talking about in the fact that leadership gifts are key to the rebuilding of the church. First of all, when it says in verse 8 that the Lord gave gifts to men, that word gifts in the Greek is the word doma. Now, a lot of times when we think of gifts in the scripture, we think of the charisms coming from the Greek word charisma, Mm -hmm. and that's a gift that God gives to all of us through our baptism and our confession. But when Paul uses that Greek word doma, it means not just that the person has a gift, but the person themselves is a gift. Can you see the distinction between the two? Yes, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, so doma means the person themselves is kind of like a walking gift. These apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are gift to the church. exactly. Then secondly, that word equip the saints, where Paul says that these five gift ministries have been given to the church to equip the saints. That word equipped is a very, I would call it a pregnant word in the Greek. It's the Greek word katartizo, and it's a medical term that was used for the setting of a bone. In other words, Paul is implying here that we as the saints need to be equipped because we're coming from that broken place. We're coming from that place that because of original sin, we all carry that brokenness about us, but that praise God, these gifts ministries are able to set the bone and make it healthy. And you know the, the whole adage about a broken bone, that once a bone is broken and is healed, it's stronger in that place of brokenness than it ever was before it was broken. 
Well, Peter, why did he give us these five primary gift ministries? So God has given these primary gift ministries to the church in order to build. Remember, I mentioned as I read that, that word build is used two times in talking about what these ministries do. And I might say that if they were necessary to build, Leslie, doesn't it make sense and logic that they're also necessary if we are going to, as a theme of our program, to rebuild the body of Christ that is the church? So think about it, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. This approach, I believe, and we're talking about today, must be reignited just as it was necessary in St. Paul's day to build so it is in our day that we might rebuild. This is what we call leadership. I'm calling it the leadership infrastructure in order to rebuild the church. Well, I think that's really right, because you wouldn't start a building project without someone who's qualified to be the project leader and coordinate all the details. And we've emphasized on this broadcast that the Lord does raise up saints during periods of severe crisis in the church all throughout history. Yes. And Peter, I think it would be helpful to all of us if we could discuss each of these gift ministries and see how they functioned both in St. Paul's Day and how they're functioning today in our own time. Yeah, you bring a great point this is how you raise up the saints so first of all let's talk about and think about apostles now in our catholic tradition our bishops including the bishop of rome are descendants of the lord's apostles and they become the chief guardians leslie this is so important they're the chief guardians of the deposit of faith They become the key catalyst to transforming the church from the maintenance mode to the mission mode. Remember, we quoted several programs ago that it was Cardinal Dolan who was addressing the seminarians in Florida who said that it's time to move from maintenance to mission to all those seminarians. So there's a great example of a bishop of Rome that I think it'd be great to reflect on who exemplifies this, who brought great apostolic leadership to the church, and that would be Pope Gregory the Great. And let me give a little background about him for our listening audience. Pope Gregory I, also known as St. Gregory the Great, was the pope from 590 to 604 AD. So that's a long time ago. He's considered the founder of the medieval papacy, which exercised both secular and spiritual power. He was a writer and a reformer, and the fourth and final of the tradition traditional Latin fathers in the church. He expounded a sacramental spirituality, which is so important, Leslie. I love that and was known for his contributions to the liturgy and, of course, Gregorian chant. Some of his major accomplishments included, and listen to this because this is where we get missional, uh, the papal authority in Spain and France, sending missionaries to England, and that included Augustine of Canterbury, very famous apostle sent out from Gregory, and Paulinus of York and realigning barbarian allegiance to Rome from their Aryan Christian alliances. That was so important also, which shaped all of medieval Europe. And finally, he also helped launch the evangelization of northern Europe that transfigured Christianity. That's a lot of missional things going on there for sure. 
Well, you, I, can, I can see, Peter, that he was one of the saints that the Lord raised up during that time, one of the apostles. Yeah, you can see how dedicated to the church being missional and was focused on rebuilding the church after that sack of Rome in the 400s. Okay, Peter, we need to take a little break now, and when we return, we're going to continue to conclude our series, Rebuilding a Missional Church, so please stay with us. You're listening to Go Rebuild My Church. This program is underwritten in part by Willie and Deborah Wood, in memory of their parents, Woody and Joyce Wood, and Bill and Elsie Brooks. Catholic Radio Indy thanks the Wood family for their support. Have you ever thought about joining the Catholic Church? Have you just wanted to explore the Catholic faith? All you need to do is call your local Catholic Church for more information. We are always happy to help you in your journey to discover and learn more about the Catholic faith. We have classes that are almost year-round, and the classes and information sessions do not involve making a commitment, and there is no pressure to join. Please call your local Catholic parish for more information today and start the journey of one day possibly becoming Catholic as well. God bless. You're listening to the radio program, Go Rebuild My Church, and we're currently finishing a series of broadcasts called Rebuilding a Missional Church. We're learning that the heart of God is to rebuild that which has fallen into ruin in our church and move us from maintenance to mission. And we just finished covering apostles and bishops, the first gift ministry. So Peter, can you take us through the next ones? Yes, yeah, so Pope Francis made some great points about that second leadership position, Leslie, and that's the prophetic place in the church. And this is what Pope Francis said. I love this. Christians are called to be modern-day prophets who guide others to see the Holy Spirit at work every day in life and not to be superstitious people who try to predict or control the future the pope said he said that a prophet is someone i like this shows jesus to others who witnesses him who helps live today and build tomorrow according to the lord's design and of course, in the scripture, it makes us think, Leslie, that Agabus came alongside of Paul, and he was the one that prepped Paul for when he would go to Rome that there'd be trouble ahead. In fact, he even tried to convince him not to go forward. The Pope went on to say, Pope Francis said, it is important to welcome each other as such, as bearers of God's message, each according to his or her status and vocation and to do so there where we live. He said, that is in the family, in the parish, we've been talking about these things, in religious communities, in other spheres of the church and society. And then finally, Pope Francis said, particularly in decision-making, he said that it's important to recognize each person's prophetic gifts and to engage in listening and dialogue before reaching a conclusion. I really like that overview of the prophetic gift and ministry. I do, too. I really love how Pope Francis described the role of a prophet when he said, Christians are called to be modern-day prophets who guide others to see the Holy Spirit at work in their everyday lives mm -hmm. and really be bearers of God's message. Mm -hmm. And you and I had an experience where this really impacted our life in a deeply personal way. And we've shared our testimony before where um, we lost our first daughter. She passed away after 48 hours, um, after, shortly after she was born. And we were in a really dark place after that happened. How could that 
happen to us? Why didn't God answer our prayers? I mean, we just were struggling with our faith. It was it was true crisis of faith. And we were in a small group meeting, and one of the brothers in our small group meeting had a word for us, and he shared the scripture, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for prosperity and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. And that's directly from Jeremiah 29, 11. And boy, did we hang on to that message of hope. He was a bearer of God's message to us that helped us during that dark time. Yes, a prophetic gift for sure. The third type of leader that St. Paul teaches us is necessary to build the body of Christ is the evangelist. And remember, in these gifts, the evangelist is not just somebody, Leslie, who goes out and shares his faith, but the evangelist is in the local parish training others how to share their faith as well. Now, St. Paul Street evangelization is one of those key lay apostolates that are engaged in this equipping process and ministry. Now, let's say also, I've done some seminars in Catholic parishes to train elementary school teachers how to tell their stories on a regular basis as a part of evangelizing their students. And in my role as the director of evangelization in a local parish, I taught what is the new evangelization. I introduced our staff to what is the kerygma, which all is important in that regard. And we also brought Alpha in a Catholic contest to the staff and church as as an evangelization tool. Well, on this radio program, you've also focused on equipping our listeners to share their faith by teaching them how to recognize the open door, uh, when there's a divine appointment, a human predicament, and really focusing on the power of one by developing a relationship with someone in your network who needs the Lord. So uh, the, we've done a lot of that work in this program. We love the whole area of evangelization. The fourth leadership essential is that of the pastor shepherd. Pope Benedict, we mentioned in 1969, spoke of this call to leadership. And he said this, The kind of priest who is no more than a social worker can be replaced by the psychotherapist and other specialists. But the priest who's a now specialist who does not stand on the sidelines watching the game, giving official advice, but in the name of God places himself at the disposal of man who's beside them in their sorrows, in their joys, in their hope, and in their fear. Such a priest will certainly be needed in the future. I love that. Priests who have, as St. Francis stated, Leslie, have the smell of sheep about them. An adage I have heard to in my own pastoral days, people do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. Okay, Peter, in the fifth essential leadership position is that of the teacher. Talk to us about that. Well, God has raised up some real teachers that amplify what we're talking about today. I think of Father Mike. He's, he's pioneered powerfully the Bible in a year and the catechism in a year. And he perfectly represents the place and importance of the teacher as one necessary to rebuild the body of Christ. And also there's Scott Hahn, Jeff Cavins, Bishop Barron. All of those are doing a great job teaching all of us uh, what the churches mean to us. Amen. Okay, so Peter, why don't you pray for us that we can really embrace the fivefold ministry that's necessary to rebuild a missional church? Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that you have provided the leadership infrastructure to both build the church in St. Paul's day and now to rebuild it in our day that all are saying, yes, this needs to happen. Please, Lord, raise up these gifts 
raise up the saints, and cause your church to become missional. In Jesus' name, amen. In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, thank you listeners for joining us today as we seek to connect you as individuals, your families, and your parishes to the rebuilding and renewal of the Catholic faith here in America. And goodbye for now, and keep keep the the faith. You've been listening to Go Rebuild My Church with Peter Doan. Podcasts of this program are available at www.catholicradioindy.org. You can hear the Holy Mass every day at 8 a.m. right here on Catholic Radio Indy, 103.7.